It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I know. Tyvis, the man of 7,321 different jobs. He's on Air Force One No sleeves, Tyvis. No sleeves. You know, I was... I got a little work out here today. Figured I'd go out and look at shows, um, man. Gun shows. Gun yeah. is shining. You might as well go ahead and show, you know, show what I've been working on. That's a luxurious background you found yourself there. <laughs> the flowers still listen, behind you? Hey, listen, I'm about, y'all gonna stop doing this. All right? <laughs> That's all right. You look like I'm, you're in a I, condo that you're considering <laughs> renting. Listen. <laughs> I have not got around to finding the picture and the stuff that I want to hang up on this wall. You know? Yeah. This is my wife handles all this and she told me that she's gonna find something to hang right there. So Tyus, you should just flex flex in that shirt and take a picture, blow it up to a to a poster size yeah, a bunch and put of, it behind you. A bunch of pictures of you flexing. <laughs> Yeah, I should do that, and uh, <laughs> I think the wife would hate that. <laughs> Even more reason to do it. <laughs> next time I'm at next time I'm at the thrift store, Tyrus, I'm going to get you some stuff, some art to put behind you. <laughs> please, please don't. <laughs> I will, I'm really interesting Baroque tastes. You'll see. Uh, I'm fine. I'll get it. I'll get it figured out. You know, All right, good. So I'm top- worried about the whole thing. Focus. This is what you're looking at too much. All right. Tyvis, we started the show talking about Deshaun Watson playing in tomorrow night's preseason game. As of right now, this moment, 12.05, 41 seconds. He is still on pace to play in the Browns. That's our starter. QB1. On pace to start. Tyvis, if you're Kevin Stefanski, how much would you play Deshaun Watson in tomorrow's preseason opener against the Jaguars? Well, first of all, before I answer that question, I just wanted to do my Jay Crawford in <laughs> Look, he's even got his he's name, got his on, his name on his. He's got his yeah, he ain't no one. Huh? Wow. Anyway. You guys have been in a lot of weddings. I think Deshaun Watson should play probably a quarter. And I know that's a lot, but it's it technically is only two series, maybe three, because a quarter kind of goes like that, especially if they're going to run the ball. But I think you owe it to him to – you don't want him to go two years without playing. If he does get a year, you don't want him to go two years without playing. So you get him on back on the field, get him acclimated in the offense, let him feel the rush, see if he can still move around and make all the throws. I'm not saying he's going to – I'm not gonna, I'm not saying every play call a pass play because that's not going to happen. He's realistically a probably throw at best 10 passes. But you need those 10 passes to be something that the city is like, okay, I see it. You know, I'll be excited for when he comes back. And I, I think that's what they should do. Tyvis, did you ever miss an extended period of time in your career due to injury? And if so, how hard was it to come back and get reacclimated to game speed? Even, if, even in a preseason setting, how hard was it to get back up to those, those game speed reps? Well, Mike, I was known for winning the Ironman Award. I've never missed a game ever in my career, which is like, I, 
pride myself on that, but I did get some, uh, have some injuries where I had a sports hernia and a broken wrist that allowed me to miss maybe a couple of weeks. But coming back, it wasn't bad. I mean, it takes you about a good week to get back into shape. That's the first part. And then to get like your technique and all that stuff back, it takes about a good two weeks of solid practice and going against it. And that's when I think Deshaun Watson should be fine in that aspect. But it's nothing like game reps. Like practice reps and game reps are two totally different things. When it's on the line and everything matters, people tend to play differently. So, you know, you want to be able to see him do that. That's my question, Tyvis. What is the mentality of, of players in a preseason situation when they're out there rather than a regular season situation? Is it like a totally different way of approaching the game? Well, it depends on who you who you talking to. You talking to undrafted Tyvis Powell. Oh, this is this is the Super Bowl for mm-hmm. me. I got to get out of here and something happen. If you're talking about a guy who's secure and know that he's going to be there, it's just a getting out there and getting that game feeling again and making sure that I, you know, you still got it. That's that's really what that's about. You're tired of going against your boys every day in practice. You want to go against some other competition to make sure that what you've done in the offseason has worked and you have improved your game. And that's if you're a starter, that's typically where you want to be. Does that have a lot? Does that offer more danger, though, to those regular players whose spots are secured when you've got people out there trying to make a name for themselves and take people's heads off? So the, <laughs> so the thing about that is, Mike, coaches is smart. They don't put you out there with those type of guys. Right. They, it's kind of like a, 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 a gentleman's bet where, okay, we're going, I'm going to play. They get the coaches kind of get together before the game and say, I'm going to play my starters for two series. And then after that, we're done. We're rolling everybody. And they kind of make an agreement upon that. And that's why you see when the twos come out, typically the other team's twos is out. They don't do, you won't go out there ones mm-hmm. versus two. They're not going to put you in that situation because they understand the mentality of people trying to make the team. So the guys that Deshaun Watson will be going against is guys who should be secure in Jacksonville. Tyvis, you touched on something earlier about doing this for Deshaun. And Jay, when Jay was on, we sort of disagreed about Jay said, if he's out for the year, I wouldn't play him. It's not worth the risk. What benefit is there? My point is, if he's eligible to play, and and that's if the ruling comes down between now and and tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. My point is, the joint practices with Philadelphia are going to be more productive the way that NFL camps are structured now. That's that's where he's really going to get more out of it. But tomorrow night is for Deshaun and his mental health and his morale and the fact that he already missed a year and he could miss next year, this is for him to get him back on the field and sort of let him feel that again. And I know there's a lot of people who don't care about Deshaun's mental health. They don't care about his morale, but the Browns have to care about that because they're giving him $230 million. So what is the reason behind, do you think? And I also said ownership plays a factor in this as well. Ownership's paying him $230 million. They want to see him on that field Friday night. So why do you think they came to the decision of everything I just blathered on about, why did they come to the decision to play him tomorrow night? Like I said, you don't want a guy to go two years without playing. You know, this guy, we still, at this point in time, we don't know. Right now it's six games, right? Everybody, we already, we all think it's going to go to a year, but at this very moment, it's six games. So we're going off of that because we don't know what what uh, PC Harvey's going might just throw a fine on the thing and, and he'd still be able to play this season. We don't know. So until we got that, you have to go off of the fact that it's six games. You still got to get this man ready to play. You have to go. You have to move forward with the hopes that he will play this season. So I think that's one of the reasons why he'll be playing in this game. And like you say, ownerships wants to see 
we put we put all this money in this guy. Let's let's see if it's gonna really make a difference. And on top of that, you got to do something for the fans. You know, you still have fans, Brown fans, who are still behind this franchise and still want to see, you know, just even if he doesn't play this season, we still want to see what it looks like. We still want to be excited about something. We are moving off of a guy who did take this team to a, to, the, to the playoffs and win a game. So we need to get somebody to be behind, even though if, if it is this year or if it's next year. So I think that's another reason why. And if he can go out there and be electric, man, They'll be counting the days down till he's ready to he's back on their field. Can we can we role play for a second? I want to role play because you said something the other day that blew my mind. And we were oh, talking man. about it with Jay when we were talking Well, we were talking about uh, about the CBA and the fact that the players can't be happy with that the fact that Goodell still has final say in this. And I said yeah. that's that's collectively bargained and it's a negotiation. So if the players don't want Roger to have final say they're going to have to give something back. And you went right to the pensions and that's what they told us that blew my mind. So let's, let's play this out. How this, so it's 2029 and we're getting ready to renegotiate the CBA. Right. And I'm the players union. And I say, we don't want Roger to have final say over personal conduct issue policies. What do you as the league? How do you respond to that? (laughs) Well, I don't think they're going to go for the pensions on that. That That's, I mean, they're going to fight that as hard as they can because they obviously, they want to be in control and they don't want it. They don't want to get this league to be like the NBA or the MLB. I think if they do decide, if they can't come up to an agreement, they're going to call the players bluffs. They're going to say, well, we get it. We locking it down until we can come up with something. And in their mind, as history have shown, the players will fold. By the time we get closer to them games, the players will fold. What will really change things will be if the players actually go through with it and miss games. That's where it was like, all right, hold on. Now y'all really affecting our money. Hold on. Let, let's talk about this Rodgers situation. You know, he did make some bad judgments. We <laughs> we could get behind y'all on this one. So <laughs> I think that's what it's going to take. Um, if, I'm, if I'm the NFL or NFL PA, I would start some type of fund right now to just stash stash money away to be able to hold players over so they are able to go through this uh, lockout and not feel gated to, to crack and have to go back to plan. But this issue would not lead to a work stoppage. This is just one small component of the CBA. Players you are far know. more concerned with money. You think that this, this and how the personal conduct policy could be a sticking point? Because... To, to me, you're right. It always comes down to money. It comes down to the dispersal of money. Who gets what, how much you get is always the overriding factor to something like this. This is sort of a secondary issue, but I'm just wondering, do you think this will ever change or will it always be Roger has final say? I think, I think it's one of those things that if, if you wanted to change, you have to do something that you've never done before and missing the games would be. Now, I don't, I'm, I agree with you. I don't think to a player's mindset yeah, because they they're gonna think it's not really. I'm not gonna be in that position until exactly you're in that it. position. Yep, yep. You know, like it's, it's not gonna bother me. All I can can we get them guaranteed contracts and can we get better health care? That like that'll be the stuff that that's on the front of their mind. You know, I think one of the as a matter of fact, I looked at it before I got on the show today. What was the you want to know what some of the the key things that happened in this CBA? The training yeah. the training camp rules and shortened preseason was number one. They went to a 17-game season. The playoffs expand from 12 to 14 teams. The roster sizes increased, including practice squad. The revenue sharing went to 48% guaranteed. They raised the minimum salaries. 
There are fewer fines, so people are allowed to smoke a little weed. Hey, <laughs> Josh Gordon's <laughs> like, why now? <laughs> Where'd this Tyler, come from? That was like the nine key things that happened in this, this new CBA that they got accomplished. So that's, I guess that's what the players was like, hey, especially the weed. <laughs> like, like, we need... We need another lower third now that says former NFL star guarantees player strike to start season. <laughs> and just real quick, can you imagine if they really did strike over this? Like as much as the league is already mad at the Browns, what if we stopped football because the players association went on strike because they wouldn't let our kind of creepy quarterback play football and everybody, no one gets to watch good football because of us. You're welcome league. Welcome to our world. That's that's nice. the, and, and that's the, that's the thing. People can't get it mixed up. It's not about Deshaun Watson. It's about right. the process. You have, to, you have to be able to separate the two. And I agree that a lot of people will look at it like, if I'm playing for the Los Angeles Rams, and I'm like, right. going on strike for him? In defense <laughs> of Deshaun Watson. <laughs> they, right. I don't think they're to understand that like it's not about Deshaun. It's about the fact that the NFL got all this power and we, we don't want that. Yes, it's so, just an imperfect Deshaun case. Watson is not the Deshaun Watson is not the this ain't the right time because everybody's not gonna be able to get off the fact that we're doing right. this but Deshaun Watson. Like the Kaepernick thing might have been a better thing to rally around just from a right. PR perspective <laughs> than trying to rally around this one. Hey Tyvis. When you guys, you were part of the last CBA negotiation. When you guys were going through and talking out the pros and cons of each asset in this, did you know when you signed the agreement or, or signed, voted yes or no, that one of I the components no. of this? I'm on record. I so when you no. voted no, did, did you know that Roger Goodell had final power? Was this even part of the CBA that you knew existed when you voted on it? I did not. I did not know that, actually. It was, it was one of those things that... It wasn't in my mind. I got I like all we cared about was the money at the time. The yep. money and them loosening the weed rules. That's apparently that was a big thing too. Nobody paid any attention to the fact that Roger had the thing. At the cause at the end of the day, we all here just to get paid. We trying to make as much money as we can. We understand that this this job is only a set amount in number of years. So we gotta make sure we can get as much as we can. Forget all who got the power, as long as we getting paid. And that's, I think that's what we had, our downfall was. We we hadn't, well, I and mean, then on top of that, it's the NFLPA's job to inform us on this stuff too. And I don't think they did a great job of doing that either. Would it have changed your vote had you known this was part of the CBA? My vote was no, so. <laughs> so it, what didn't you like I about it? No. Why'd you vote no? What didn't you like about it? I voted no because my higher ups told me that this deal was not good and we should vote no. And I listened to them. You know, I, I obviously they was in the league more. They understood the things about it more. And I was like, I trust their judgment. Like, obviously, I didn't. It was I didn't want a 17 game either. But then they was like, oh, they get rid of a preseason game. So technically, it's still the same amount of games. And I was like, ah, you're right about that. But. If, if you if the higher ups telling you no, then they know something. And I didn't, I, I really didn't do a good job of asking why no. I just was like, if they say no, then I'm I'm not gonna be that guy that says yes. If these people, if everybody tells me no, I'm not gonna be the one to say yes. And Tyvis, to your point, before pre-COVID, when I was in the Browns locker room, I would talk to players, 
And I, I did a story, it kind of led into this. I did a story on if you were commissioner for a day, what would you change? And some of the answers were fascinating. It was great. It was shorten the preseason, get rid of Thursday night games. They hate Thursday night games. Everybody and, hates Thursday night. Yeah. And, but it led to a deeper conversation where guys were like, we don't like this, this, and this. And you're going to see it. You wait till the CBA comes up and we're united and boom, boom, boom. And we're going to fight this, this, and this. And then it passed like that. And I'm like, no, wait a minute. What happened? That's what this? I yeah, what, what happened to this United front? Move. We're gonna fight. No, they didn't fight anything. They just rolled over. Caved. Bam, we got bamboozled, man. <laughs> I was sitting there when it passed. I couldn't believe it. Even my agent was like, he was like, Tyvis, what did you vote? And I told him I voted no. And he even was mad at me. Like he said, you should have voted yes. Like he said, you're getting ninety thousand dollars and Blah, 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 blah. They add more roster spots and they increasing salaries. Why would you vote no? And I'm like, they told me to vote no. And that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Can I throw a new, even another conspiracy out there? Still, still head of the players union, JC Treader, unsigned right now, not playing anywhere. Is there yeah. something, can we make a conspiracy out of this? Can we say that the NFL owners all got together and made some sort of an agreement to buy him his own island if he would make a sign, <laughs> talk his players into whatever kind of deal they wanted to sign? I am a little surprised that JC's still unsigned, and I do wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that, like, I mean, they it was the, it was the JC protest mm -hmm. last year. They had no OTA program in Cleveland, basically. Because JC, as union president, said, no, nope, we're not doing this. them into not doing it. And I'm, I, I always wondered if that had anything at all to do with why he was not brought back to Cleveland. Right. And it's really curious. I, he was a good player. Yeah. He no, was, no, one needs, player. no one still needs is. a really good offensive lineman it's right now. It's fascinating so to me. So why is he not still, being signed? Do you, think that the, do you think there's something there? Tyvis, you're better pre prepared to answer it than I am. But I do wonder if his role as union president has anything to do with the fact that why he's still unsigned. Uh, does it have a little bit to do? I probably so. You know, you don't want guy. You always want a guy who's just gonna go along with the plan. You know? yeah. Anybody mm -hmm. that that's going against the NFL. I mean, that's how dare you do such a thing? We've been paying you and helping you take care of your family. You gonna go against us? So I think that does play a little bit of uh, of, of a situation of him not uh, being signed. But I tell you what, as the season goes on and people start getting hurt, he'll he'll find a job because he mm -hmm. isn't really. And I, he was very productive in Cleveland, so we'll see. What is there a player vibe about him? Do you know? Uh, do people talk about him, and are they do they like him as being the head of the union, or do they not trust him? Or and I'm assuming this isn't helping his image right now with the players. <laughs> oh, don't 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 bring that up. Uh, um, J.C. Treader is a guy who you know nobody really speaks a lot of. You know, he's yeah. he's one of those things where he just got the title, but like okay. Is that more like ceremonial? We don't really communicate with the guy. If that's okay. what you ask. Right. Like we, like me as an undrafted guy in San Fran, I'm like, I'm not about to talk to JC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because every then again, every team is appointed like a a guy who's in charge to like if you have questions about things of, with the NFLPA, every team gets a guy that you actually ask him, and then he'll talk to the higher ups about it. And the union rep. Yeah, union right. rep. Yeah. Now, I do wonder, I mean, J.C. Treader is really smart, like obviously an Ivy League guy, but in the NBA, when there was issues that came up that the, that the players felt like they need to address, LeBron, Chris Paul, mm -hmm. some of the biggest stars in the game took over those positions of, of union president, vice president. Does it matter as much to the NFL? Would Tom Brady ever become union president? 
uh, Patrick Mahomes, vice president. Will the stars of the stars of the stars ever take hold of that role? And do you think it would make a difference in any sort of negotiation if they did? I think I think we need them to. Um, it's just I think it might be a lot. On, and it, you need one of those guys who's just the leader and really cares about the players and are not afraid to put their name on the line. You know, in this league, everybody wants to be the guy that's loved and liked by everybody. But it, and if you're going to be the head of the, the NFLPA or the Players Association, then obviously the NFL is going to have some type of beef with you because yeah. you're looking out for the best interests of the players and not helping us. And I think that's kind of where it's like, okay, do I want this responsibility or am I good with just being loved by everybody and playing in the back? I think you have to have that. You know what? I care about my guys and I don't care what anybody thinks of me. I'm just trying to do what's best for my guys. And it's going to be hard to get those quarterbacks to do it. But that's what we need to, if you want this thing to change. That's, that's why we got to just go nuts with it. Make it Aaron Rodgers. Everybody has to in training camp has to do ayahuasca as soon as they get there. Put that in the contract. He, just that, how bananas would that be if he was in charge of making these decisions? Oh, that's my dream. New guy. And Pat McAfee bring him back his. Yeah, yes, exactly. Friend. Bring yes. Pat McAfee. I vote for Pat. Yeah. <laughs> I vote for Pat. Pat don't care. He'll do. He'll do what's right. Yeah. You guys want to take a look at some crazy Brown stats heading into yes. the 2020 season? I'd love to yes. look at some crazy Brown stats. So here's how we're going to do it. Anthony's going to pull a stat on the screen. Okay. I'm going to read the stat, and we're going to decide whether it's true or false. Okay. Seems pretty simple, right? Yeah, it simple does. Enough. Anthony, take the first one whenever you're ready. Mm. Brown's quarterback, Deshaun Watson, is tied with Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers for the second highest career passer rating at 104.5 in NFL history. Only oh, Patrick true. Mahomes has yeah, a better true. rating. That's true. I'll go true, true as well. It's just a very, it's a very specific stat, and these two guys said that it's true, so I'll agree. Thomas? Well, I actually, I actually seen that stat uh, a couple of days ago, and I know it's true because I've seen it, and I couldn't believe it, but it's true. All right. Jungle? We're, we're going three for true. It's true. Hey! Three for one. Let's go. Yeah, hey! Three for and three, let's boys. take the next one. Browns defensive end Miles Garrett is only four sacks away from passing Clay Matthews for the most sacks in franchise history. He's really close. Oh, I don't know if that's, that's the true. number. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to say that's true because I know he's really close. I'm going to just to be a jerk, say that you missed, like changed it by one number and it's five or three. So I'll go, I'll go false. I like that Paul thinks I'm cynical like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I appreciate the thought that he thinks I'm that devious, but it is true. You weren't that tricky. He okay. is four sacks away. Uh, what week before we move on? What week does he pass Clay Matthews as the Browns all time? Week, week one, he's getting five on Baker. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's probably a good bet. I, no, I'll, I'll, go, I'll, I'll go for real. I'll say that he'll do that in week three. Week three, okay. Uh, next one. The next two are both a Nick Chubb-related facts. Okay. Nick Chubb is 308 rushing yards away from passing Kevin Mack for fifth most in team history. Wow. Uh, that sounds true, but we've had two trues, so I'm going to say false. I'm um, with you on that one. <laughs> All of them can't be true. I'm yeah, right, false. right. And I'll just try. I'll either go down in flames or try to catch up by saying true. <laughs> That is true. Yes. There you go. Back in the game. Back on top. Three for three on the Back in the game. 308 yards away from passing. Uh, we'll go to the next one. Okay, great. Uh, another 1,000-yard rushing season for Nick Chubb would make him the first Cleveland Brown since Jim Brown to have four consecutive 1,000-yard rushing seasons. Another rushing yard season for Nick Chubb make him the first. I might say true. I would that, say true. Yeah. I can't I'm, really think of another name. Biner didn't do it four in a row. Mack didn't do it four in a row. They've been trashed for 20 years. 
Uh, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'll say I'll say true. Wait, didn't Peyton Hillis have ten amazing years here? <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'll go I'll go true on this as well. And it is true. All I right. am not cynical enough to change it by one number. I am cynical enough to put four trues on there. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So mind bends you into thinking one of them would be false. Yeah, that was smart. Thank you. Uh, with Nick Chubb, though, real quick before we get into our next topic, and Tyvis is for you too. You put in the group chat, Tyvis, you lowering the shoulder on Jet McKinnon in a practice. <laughs> and I know you're proud of that hit. My question is with running backs in particular, Chubb maybe plays a series if he plays at all tonight. Mm-hmm. Is there any one position, Tyvis, that needs more reps in the preseason than others? Or is it for certain positions, it just doesn't matter what happens in the preseason. They could step in week one and be ready to go. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, you you want your offensive line to get a lot of reps because you want to you want those guys to communicate and be able to talk it out and pick up blitzes because that's when you that's what gets tricky is picking up those blitzes so you want those guys to be able to communicate and talk those out outside of that I mean you want your wide receivers to be clicking on all cylinders if anybody's gonna get a ton of reps it'll be the wide receiver room because they you need to make sure that they running routes crispy and they have the ability to get open quarterbacks obviously you want to protect them and running backs you barely want to play them at all because with the fear of injury but yeah I would think if if I was going on the offensive side of the ball that's how I would divvy that up would DBs be the group that could just roll out of bed and walk on the field because I would think of all of them am I wrong that DBs would be the ones if you make a trade on Wednesday you could still play on Sunday yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As long as somebody, as long yeah. as you got a, a safety out there that's going to tell me what I got. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, we good to go. Just tell me what I got and I can figure the rest out. So DBs need the le- the least amount of game preparation work to be available to be ready for Sunday? Yeah, I would think that this is how I break it down, Jason. It's At, at DB, this is why I love playing DB. At DB, it's only four to five coverages you either playing man to man cover two <laughs> cover three or cover four yeah that's it yeah. that's all that's it. that's it it can't be anything else it has to fall under one of those categories you figure out what they call it and you run it only thing hmm. about that is you need to for it from a technique standpoint you need to get out there and get those reps for that because obviously different wide receivers are. You got speedy wide receivers, you got big wide receivers, you got fast wide receivers, you got crafty wide receivers. So you want to be able to go against all of that. So when the season come, you will have a technique and a plan of how you're going to play each receiver that has a different skill set. Hmm. Tyvis, would you have tackled Nick Chubb like you tackled Jet McKinnon? I wouldn't hit him like that. No, not at all. Because I, <laughs> Nick Chubb is the guy who you have to you have to go down low and you have to wrap up and and really try to drive him. He Jet was just a you know lower the shoulder, boom. Man. You you seen what I did? You no, know what I did? We're gonna have to clear by legal to play that video tomorrow. But mm-hmm. it's quite the hit. Like I burned Tyvis <laughs> off the line the other day in our pre-show meeting. He couldn't. Whoa! Come in, Whoa. Jet McKinnon wow. on a different story. He, Are Jet you really gonna sit there a lot? 
Anthony, please come in. You were sitting right I gotta there. I got to be honest, still. Mike. I, I don't know if that's the truth. <laughs> Director was, Anthony right now. It was said, my truth. Is, yeah. We all have our own truths. Listen, what, what you didn't see was I caught the screen pass and then the little spin move around time. It's just, what's the guy's name? AJ Mooney? A, Mooney? No. I, his, I'm Mooney. His name Jake, Jake, yeah, I, I Jake Jake, Jake, wait a minute, Jason. You you watch football. This man tried to run a screen, and I'm pressed man to man. That yeah. He's gonna run a, he's gonna catch a screen, and I'm pressed. He wait, can't catch wait, me though. That's not gonna happen. That's not gonna. That's not gonna end well for you. I would like to see a reenactment of that, maybe live out in front of this uh, in yeah, front oh, of the station. Who's playing QB? Uh, I'll put you back. Yeah, I can, yeah, I can, I can do that. Or, wait wait right until right Jay now. gets back. He'll want to do it. Yeah. McNuggets, McNuggets, I have a list going right now. You don't want to be on my list. <laughs> it's, <laughs> my nephew, it's my nephew, Jake Mooney, and if you want to be third on the list, I will gladly. Wait, why, why, is your, why is your nephew number one? Because my nephew can't. So I, I didn't tell you the story. I'm sitting there one day, and my sister calls me. She FaceTimes me. She says, my son want to talk to you. So I'm like, oh, what did he do? He says, Uncle Tyrus, I, I'll moss you. And I looked at him. You know you, you, you know how you don't give a reaction? It's like when I was doing the Giannis thing and nobody even reacted to what I was doing. <laughs> right. It was just like that. I'm just sitting there like, really? So he's going on his whole spiel about how, you know, I'm not, he thinks he's faster than me and he's been so successful in Muni League that he how old is he's he? ready. He is four, 15. He's 15 Oh, this now. poor child. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I politely said to him, I said, whenever you want to do it, we can do it. But I'm going to let you know something. I'm not your friend. I'm not, <laughs> and I'm going to let you know that it's levels to this thing. I Just because I bounced around in the league and got cut a couple of times, don't get it twisted. I am a very good player. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm not it, saying. It reminds me real briefly of uh, what I think I've talked about this. Brian Scalabrine, remember him? Oh, yeah. Bryce, and everybody's the Red always, Mamba. Yeah, everybody's always like busting him up because he's so corny looking and he's a ginger and he's a big goon yeah. and stuff. So everybody's going at him on social media all the time and trolls saying, I take you, I take you, take you. And he met them in a park. And he just murdered of these course. guys. 100 and 0 in one-on-one. Yeah, they played, like, they played college ball to these other guys and stuff. Because if you make it to that level, you're better than you 999% of people. I mean, no, Tyus like, is right. There are levels to this. I, I didn't get beat Tyus off the line. I mean, <laughs> but granted, there was, not a, there was not a quarterback saying hike. So we may right. have to redo it. I probably can't beat Tyus in football. Maybe I'll beat him We will record the attempt, though, after a show one time. And then we'll show it the and next day. And we'll show day. it at your funeral. Yeah, yeah, we'll show, <laughs> we'll show it to your if, yeah. if I lose to the quell, there will be a funeral. So uh-huh. you can just play that as the eulogy on, on loop. But speaking of uh, college DBs, Tyvis, a recent list by CBS just came out ranking the top 10 coaches in college football. And a guy at Ohio State that did you didn't play for Ryan. He was the offensive coordinator when no, you were he, there, right? No, he wasn't. Uh, they, it was another guy. He actually came, I think, the year after I left. Well, either way, and let's pull up the list if we can. Ryan Day came in at number six. Here's the first five. Tough to argue with the top couple. You had Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Dabo Sweeney, Lincoln Riley, and Jimbo Fisher rounding out the top five. And then six through ten starts with Ryan Day, Brian Kelly at LSU now, Kyle Whittingham at Utah, Jim Harbaugh, and Mike Gundy. So, Tyvis, let you start with this. Is Ryan Day a top five head coach in college football right now? Absolutely. I think he's – I would really put him above Lincoln Riley. I mean, if you look at it, Lincoln Riley hasn't even been to the big dance yet. He's had some great teams with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray at Oklahoma, but he's never made it past the semifinal, the semi, or the semi round to make it to the to the championship. At least Ryan Day has been there. 
Um, obviously, it didn't go well, but he has been there. So with that being said, I think that – and on, on top of that, he's produced elite quarterbacks as well. I mean, he had two quarterbacks go first round. So if we going off of that alone, I mean, that's what puts him right there above or next to Lincoln Riley. So I don't understand how yeah, they got him as – That's jacked up. Why is Jimbo Fisher five? What's Jimbo Fisher done? He's, he's got a lot of oil money in Texas. <laughs> he won a national championship at Florida State, though. <sighs> okay, <laughs> fair. That's fair. That, that might be the one thing that differentiates those two if you're comparing them side yeah. by side. If, but, if, but I, I, agree. if yeah. I have to look at Jimbo Fisher and Ryan Day, I'm taking Ryan Day over Jimbo Fisher every day of the week. And Kirby Smart at two is a lot of what have you done for me lately. I'd still put Dabo at two. To me, it's Nick and Dabo and everybody else right now in college football. That's kind of insane, too. I think it's a tier one of Saban, Dabo, Kirby. Then drops of t- a tier. I mean, n- not yeah. a big drop, but then a tier. Then you have Ryan why Day. You got, whoa, whoa. Why you got Kirby like that, though? Like, Kirby. He just they, won the championship. He should have won it the year two of one of his first year. I mean, they, they choked. He has not performed well in the biggest games, but. I'd put Nick and Dabo and then everybody else. That's, I'm that's saying, just I'd do it too, then. Yeah. We're going to do it like that. Yeah, Nick and Dabo is definitely, because them two have won it a couple of times. I think Dabo's won it a couple of times. They yeah, were. but and Clemson was trash Kirby, before he got there. As, yes. As far as Kirby, I mean, he literally just won it. This is like his first time winning it. Yeah, yeah. but they've been, they've been to the championship like two years ago. They've been to the championship though. They should have beaten Alabama in the championship game. What was that 2017, 2018 when Tua came in after Jalen Hurts was terrible in the first half through the pass to Devonte Devonte Smith to win it in overtime. I mean, they should have won that, and I think bringing Georgia with those expectations up to the caliber they've been the last few years and being in the championship game twice deserves a little more credit. But also, he fumbled the bag with Justin Fields. I mean, we can't overlook that. That was the number one recruit in the country that year with Trevor Lawrence. And you look how one's career panned out in Clemson, which led to a national championship and I think another, at least one other appearance in the championship game when they lost to LSU. Justin Fields so, so, was a backup so in Georgia before going to Ohio State. So let me ask you this. If, if Ryan Day goes out there and win the championship this year, does that put him next to Kirby? Hell yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, no question. Okay. No, no question. Right. He's 34 and four in three seasons. He's 34 and four in three seasons. Is he, so got you got two. him over Lincoln Riley. He's over Lincoln Riley now. It's not now. even close. Listen, I got a, okay. I, I got an A&M so thing right here. It's a bunch of Bo Fisher. So why is this man six? You know what though? I like it. I like it. I, I'm not mad. Y'all know I'm a fan of people not being at number one. If you ain't gonna put me at number one, don't even put me on the list. I need that extra motivation. And Ryan Day is a is a huge competitor. So him looking at that and seeing that, I'm sure he already got a lot on his mind, but I think that definitely added more fuel to the fire. And this team, like I say, is built to win, especially if that defense comes to play. So he should be holding that trophy up this season. Hey, Tyvis, I don't think I've asked you this. Ryan, to me, looks like an NFL coach, talks like an NFL coach, obviously has NFL experience. How long do you think? I think he's going to the NFL at some point. How long do you think he'll be in Columbus? I think that, you know what? And it's very controversial because I keep saying this and people's like, why do you say that? It's because I'm just, I, I just, it's my thought. This is my thought and my opinion. I think the only thing that's keeping him at Ohio State is the fact that he hasn't won a championship. Ryan yeah. Day is one of those guys who he doesn't like to leave without his job being completely done. And I think right now that's what's keeping him up at night is trying to get that, that college national championship. I think once he wins that, 
I think if a, if I don't know the Bears came calling and said, "Hey, we want to hire you as the head coach," I think he'd go. I really do. But I think the fact that he hasn't won it is why he's still at Ohio State. If he's won it, I think he might be a y'all crack me up with this elite beard thing. But if once he wins it, I think that uh, he will be looking. If so if an opportunity comes in the NFL and he thinks it's worthy, he'll take it. Well, I got a question about the beard, Tyvis. As were you here the day that Ryan Day came on? Absolutely. Well, do you remember Bull asking him if he had too nice of a beard to win a championship and that the only coaches that win championships have yeah. scraggly beards? You see me to be like Bill Belichick and yeah. shave it and stuff like that and look terrible. Do you believe <coughs> it's a – I, I love Bull, but it's, I think it's one of his more ridiculous takes. Are, are you a believer in a coach can't have – can't look good and, and still play good? No, <laughs> no, not at all. Like, I don't. I don't think that has anything to do with it. Is coaching is to me is about can I communicate with my guys and get them to play um, above what they believe in themselves? You know, can I get them to go out there at night in and night out and give me everything they got? And do they believe in me? Do they trust in me? And ultimately, can I make them better men at, in life? And I think Ryan Day checks all those boxes. You know, he's, he's got that competitive swagger in him. He, he backs down from nobody, and that's half the challenge right there. If you, you got a coach that's, that get kind of timid in big games, like you can't, you can't ride for a guy like that. But if you got a guy who's going up and going for two-point conversions and, and going for it on fourth down and rolling the dice on big games, like, oh, yeah, I can ride with this guy. So I think he definitely makes up all – he got all the right characteristics to be a great coach. Bull need to go somewhere with that. <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Is this Ohio State defense back to us before we move on? Last question. Uh, we'll see, man. We was. I tell you what, I'm hearing all good things. Um, the best thing I heard, Jim Knowles came out and said that he wants to see a safety-driven defense, and you know, <laughs> you know, I like that. And uh, mm -hmm. Ryan Day said he expects this to be a top ten defense, and Jim Knowles came back and said, "I wish he would have said top five. So he has high expectations for this defense. They have all the pieces, you know, with Jack Sawyer, JTT, and, and Zach Harrison. Um, obviously, those guys have had flashes of being great at pass rushing they just need to be more consistent it's a couple of injuries at the corner position right now with uh jordan hancock who i was who i thought would have an unbelievable season this year um he's battling it's like a knee injury or something like that but they said it's not serious so we'll see about that if he comes back and he's healthy enough i think that this team can be I ain't gonna say top ten, and I ain't gonna say top five. I need them to be top twenty at least. Tyvis, you're tapped in there. I'm sure, I know you still talk to a lot of people in the organization. Is there an under the radar storyline that's coming out of Ohio State right now that maybe people aren't aware of? Uh, no, it's just about a. It's just a bunch of the the most underrated story is is about the defense. It's not underrated. It's the biggest thing. Um, another guy that everybody's forgetting about is Julian Fleming. He was a guy who's a probably one of the top rated wide receivers we've ever recruited at Ohio State. And he's uh, faced a bunch of injuries that's kept him off the field, but he's been looking really good. Um, it's been question marks of who will be the third wide receiver. Everybody knows Jackson Smith and Jigma, and everybody knows Marvin Harrison Jr. from him having that incredible Rose Bowl game. But that third wide receiver spot has been the one that's been questionable. Hmm. And right now, Julian Fleming is looking like the guy that's going to uh, take on that position. And he should, he's, he's primed to have a big season. So that's the name to be on the lookout for this year. 
before we get to good bet, bad bet, we'd be remiss not to talk about the Guardians real quick. The first oh, place, man. Cleveland Road Guardians. Road to clip. First place, Cleveland Guardians, everybody. That's Jason, amazing. I know we haven't seen you since Monday. There we go. Thank you, Steve. Mm-hmm, thanks. <clears throat> Don't your, leave. In your wildest dreams, could you have fathomed with 52 <clears throat> games left in the regular season, the Cleveland Guardians would be sitting alone atop the AL Central standings, looking down at the Twins, the White Sox, and of course the World No, I thought that they would be in it just because of the division they're in. If this isn't the worst division in baseball, it's second only to the NL Central. But but I didn't, I thought the White Sox would, would have a stranglehold on this division by now. They have so much talent. They've just had a ton of injuries, and they haven't had a lot of things go their way. It's it's incredible. Going back to spring training, some of the conversations I was having with uh, some of the people around the organization, and, and they said, like, yeah, listen, we tried for Matt Olson. We, we were in on some of these other guys, and, and we just pivoted. We're going to play these kids, and we're going to see what we have with all these kids. And these kids are not playing like kids. And no matter who they run out there, Oscar Gonzalez has – probably exceeded expectations. Nolan Jones was awful for a year and a half in the minors. And now he's come up and, and produced and contributed and played well. And no matter who they put in there, Stephen Kwan obviously has had a great rookie year. No matter who they put in there, these guys are just stepping in and, and producing right away. So Zach Meisel and I just did a piece the other day, kind of looking at the big long-term picture of, of they still have a lot of decisions to make. They still have to figure out shortstop. I try to make the case Ahmed Rosario is the long-term answer. Zach says no. They have to figure out right field. I think Quan has sort of established himself and left. Miles Straw is probably going to be in center. Right field, you know, you've got a lot of guys to pick from there. Uh, but they do have a lot of decisions to make this offseason. They still have to sort of make all these trades that we've been talking about. The 40-man roster is out of balance. They're going to have to start bundling these guys. We've been saying that for a year, and they haven't done it, and they're still in first place. Yeah. Absurd. So it's, it's totally absurd. And at the end of the piece, we get to the end of the piece. I'm like, hey, man, by the way, they're in first place. And we haven't even talked about like this year and what they're accomplishing. Right. They still have rotation issues they have to figure out. They still have a couple spots in the order they have to figure out. But I, I've said for years, this is the best run team in town. And it's not even close. Given the payroll restrictions that they have, the way that they're able to operate, the fact that the, the Mets, self-imposed payroll restrictions. Well, and they are in, from ownership. But the fact that the Mets, Mike Turnoff's hometown team could come to him mm-hmm. and say, we want you. And he said, no, I'm good where I'm at. The fact Chris Antonetti won't leave. The fact Terry Francona's yeah. been here as long as he has. <clears throat> that speaks to the culture that, that this team has. And it's, it's remarkable. <coughs> it's been an incredible run. And, hey, keep it going for 50 more games and see what happens. I was lower on them going in the season like a lot of people. I think I had them – I thought they'd be 500. I, I figured just under 500, I think I called. And they've been – it's obviously been a wonderful surprise. And I love what they're doing. I love watching it. There is a little part of me that still gets bugged, and you kind of touched on this right here. Whenever we have one of these seasons where we manage to do this, and these and the and they deserve all the credit in the world, management and and, and Terry and everybody, uh, we say just proves you know that they can do it with no with no money, and then that ends up being our excuse for a lot of people. And Jay's an apologist for this all the time. And if he were here, I'd say it. You hear me, Jay? All right, you do this. Where he's just like, yeah, but they've got the most wins consistently over this many years. The management makes all the right decisions as if that negates the argument or as if they just wouldn't know how to, thank you. They just wouldn't know how to like, well, like they'd somehow lose their magic if they had money to work with. Like they'd be bad at their jobs all of a sudden if they weren't up against the wall. If they had real players and not unknown minor leaguers to deal right. with. Right. And that's not a shot at the guys they have up, but. A lot of the roster is guys who most of Cleveland wouldn't recognize walking down the street, or even if you said their name out loud, Tyler Freeman. Some mm-hmm. people know who Tyler Freeman is right now. 
just a small min, um, minority sure. of the Cleveland population. And yet these guys are still finding ways to win. And I'd argue this is maybe Terry Francona's best managerial job in a long, long time. I was time. at that it's one nothing there. win on Sunday, and I, and I already forgot the name of the dude who hit the only home run. What? Luke Maley. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who was it? Luke Maley. Yeah. His first home run since 2019, catch. by Thank the way. Thank you. First Tavis's favorite player. But that's, what, but that's exactly – I'm illustrating your point. He did the <laughs> only thing in that game. And I was just like, who's this child that's batting right now? It was like that. But you, with all the ownership groups, you have to take with good and the bad. And I'll set the Haslam's aside because I don't know what good we've seen from them, really, <laughs> frankly, to this point. Yeah. But with, with, with the Dolans, I'll put it this way. The argument I keep hearing is Dan Gilbert should buy the Guardians right. and spend. Okay, if you want Dan Gilbert, you just lost Chris Antonetti, Mike Chernoff, and Terry Francona because they don't work for psychopaths. Right. So fair point. So it's one or yeah, the other. Right. It's one or the other. There is something between Dan Gilbert, though. And there is, and, and, and I ownership think I not... think within five years you'll see it. Give mm-hmm. it, let, give it five years. The David Blitzer group that's in place now, they have big plans for the area, and I've talked about this, I believe, on the show. They have big areas for around the stadium, mixed-use development, trying to redevelop some of the land around Progressive Field, and then pouring that money back into the payroll. Uh-huh. It's not that Blitzer is going to come in and start writing checks to cover the losses and start taking on these absurd right. contracts and losses. But if they, can de- if they can buy the land around Progressive Field, if they can develop that, if they can create sort of passive revenue streams right. out of that and pour that into the franchise, they feel like that's how they win and that's how this whole thing changes where we stop talking about But you understand so my point that my, I, I love what's happening, but it's this year of unexpected success is going to lead to another year of saying, well, we don't need money. We can, and we, you know, them getting off the hook again for not, have, for not paying up. They did have money to spend this year. They didn't use it. They poured a lot of it back into the Jose contract extension. I do think that there will be money next year to go out and make a deal to make a, if there's a free agent out there that fits with where they're going. Okay. Uh, I do think that there is more payroll flexibility. I think they're just sort of keeping their powder dry a little bit right now uh, and waiting for the right deal. Tyvis, last point before we go to good bet, bad bet. Are you as surprised as we are the Guardians find themselves in first place right now? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I, after hearing all the, the backlash about them not making no trade, but it's, it's one of those things that it seems like the young guys that's coming in. First of all, we have to we need to trust that Terry Francona is doing a great job. He's he's proven year in and year out that no matter what he has, he's going to get the best out of that. And for some odd reason, we've lost sight of that. I don't know why. That's one. And two, these young guys is making the most of their opportunity. They're doing everything that they can. If you get a chance to go out there, it's like my my final take yesterday. You get an opportunity to make a play, you make it so you can stick around. And that's what these guys is doing. All right, let's do good bet, bad bet real quick. Run through it. We got top five and final take still coming up. Anthony, we have no guardians in the good bet, bad bet segment today because we have preseason NFL football and a very important streak on the line. A very, very important streak on the line, which we'll talk to in our second bet. So let's take the first one when it's ready. And it involves the New York Giants and the New England Patriots. A preseason matchup tonight, 7 o'clock. Breaking news. All right. Breaking oh. news, there's a game tonight. <laughs> NFL good. is back. Way to pump them up, Anthony. Good job. <laughs> the Patriots are three-point underdogs versus the Giants tonight. The Giants starters are playing. The Patriots starters are not playing. Mm-hmm. I think... Giants with the points, I take it. Yeah, who knows, really? It's preseason but. football. There's only one preseason game that matters. You never know. It, it matters to Titus. It, it does, but you just never know. Like, who like, you know if any good late-round picks or any exciting players that the Patriots or Giants have? 
I want you know what I am want to see that uh, Bailey Zep guy or whatever his name is. I think he plays for the Patriots. He does. He led the he led the NCAA in like passing yards last year or something like that. He's splitting reps tonight with Cleveland native Brian Hoyer. Oh, nice. So, reason to tune in, <clears throat> 7 o'clock NFL Network. But the main attraction of tonight's preseason slate, let's take the second bet. The Baltimore Ravens are putting their 21-game preseason winning streak on the line tonight. Right. I'm sure, it's very important to them. They have not lost a preseason game since 2015, <laughs> which is absurd. Mm-hmm. It is insane. It, it actually is absurd. Yeah. They're getting three and, or they're favored by three and a half points tonight. How do you go against the Ravens? Yeah. No, I, I went Ravens. I mean, I don't we think. We all did. They, yeah, they, oh, okay. And I, but yeah, and also I did go New England just because I think all those young players are terrified of Bill Belichick and won't screw up. And I think most of preseason is just about not screwing up and doing the wrong thing. So that's why I did that. And obviously keep the streak going with the Ravens. So that's why I went that way. Tyvis, were you, did you ever play the Ravens in the preseason? I did not. But they, for some odd reason, they do have it figured out that it's, it means something to them, and it's important. I think it's because of that great defense that they that they established, and so they probably keep a lot of guys out the end zone. I I was gonna go against it, but then I thought and said, no, I, I they're not about to blow it on this. No, no <laughs> Here's my even favorite. though the tight the ties will be tough. My um favorite preseason stat of all time: there have been two teams in NFL history to go zero and sixteen, and it was the it was the Lions and the Browns. In both of those situations, both teams went 4-0 in the preseason. Is that not fantastic? The economy of two worlds. All yeah. right, let's get the last bet in before we go to top five. It's over 33.5 points in the Titans-Ravens game. I like points in preseason. I think the defense sure. should really step behind. So I took over, but who knows? So yeah, who knows to any of these? But so we, we bet the same way. Did you bet the same way, everybody? <laughs> yes. Okay, so we all bet the exact y'all same way. Over? Y'all went over? I went I over, ain't. yeah. I ain't. No, oh. I'm not. Tyvis nope. went under, and Jay had a couple different ones in there. Too. Okay, so good. There, there's All a little right. differentiation. That's good. Anthony, you. you ready for your top five? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to do it in the right order right now. So the, whenever we do top five, it's brought to you by Roundstone Insurance. Oh. Also in top five is sponsored by Roundstone Insurance. Roundstone offers a better alternative for affordable, affordable and quality health care. For more than a decade, Roundstone Insurance has been saving small and mid-sized businesses money on average of 20%. 20%. <sighs> Contact us today to learn how you can get great health care benefits that your employees will love and save money too. Great. And, and what's the list today, Anthony? So today is my top five favorite Netflix originals uh, because I had it made already and we needed one really quick. No, that's so. really good. I think that our, I think all the viewers will be really interested to in know what you're <laughs> oh, watching yeah, on Netflix right now, Anthony. Let's do this. <laughs> all right, so let's go with number five. Number five is Stranger Things. Hopefully you guys have seen some of these. Sure. Stranger Things very good. Never, new season was very good. Have not seen the new I've season. Never watched the episode. You have not? Never. It's too late. It's it's, it's happened. They on like season three. It's too late. I You're also too it. young to even appreciate the nostalgia of it of the '80s stuff. Oh. Like I I get to at least watch it and be like, I remember that telephone. <laughs> but you wouldn't even get that joy from it. You would you wouldn't dig it. Probably. I only watched like the first three episodes and bailed. Maybe yeah, I need to go back and start. Well, over. I think it's, it's pretty mo- good. It's because uh, you're not a 15 year old child. Oh, yeah. well, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a 25 year old child. I'm catching back up to it and I like it. <laughs> OK, well, that's great. All right. What's your next one? Good first uh, choice. Next one is probably something you guys haven't heard of is Castlevania. Nope, never heard of it. I'm nope. in the club where I still think animated shows are good because I'm sure born in 1997. Yeah. All right. Thanks for watching, guys. Great we'll see you tomorrow. Great choice. Oh. <laughs> Hey, how are, how are the numbers looking right now? Uh, I don't know. Steve, can we put up the uh, Deshaun Watson stuff? I'm out here. Can we put the Deshaun Watson clips on top of his top five list of Netflix shows that he's watching? 
<laughs> right, we'll run through these last ones pretty good. <laughs> no, you're doing uh, great. Number three is going to be The Witcher. Uh, it's <coughs> arguably better than All right. Game of Thrones. I love The Witcher. It's, have... it's not a great show, but it's a very entertaining show. Yeah. That's never how I would describe it. I never played the games or read the books, but the show's <coughs> fantastic. Me either. It's a lot of fun. Really okay. takes you to a special world. And number two, nope. Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders is good. I've heard good things about Peaky this Blinders one, is actually. Good. It is yeah. definitely worth the seven-season investment. I, 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 I didn't get Peaky that Blinders. far in. I got a few, I did get a few seasons in, and I do dig it, and I like the fashion. I want to dress like the Peaky Blinders guys. You could pull it off. I could pull it off. And, and I, I could do a Peaky Blinders accent. <laughs> I can't watch it without subtitles. Don't mess oh, with the Peaky Blinders. Subtitles on it. That's what they sound like. All right, wait a minute. This okay. isn't all time. This is just current. Uh, this is yeah. I think this is pretty much just what I've watched in the last two years. <laughs> I haven't seen none of these. All right. I've watched together really fast. Okay? Thomas only watches game films. I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. You're absolutely right. That wasn't a shot, Thomas. That was the truth. This video of Nick Chubb lifting a lot of weight. <laughs> no, I, I'm, probably, I'm too busy critiquing DB play. Uh, yeah, that's, right, what, Anthony, that's why you have right, 15 and the last jobs. One is another animated show that I love is Arcane. It came out this summer. It is probably okay. got one of the best stories. <laughs> Wait a minute. How can you have a top five Netflix and not have Ozark on there yeah. anywhere? I've never watched Ozark. Oh my God. Yeah, that's, that's the best Mike, one. Mike has yelled at me in the office. What is that's, going that's for, the yes. best one. <laughs> it's on the list. It's on yeah. the list. I, also, I, what about Making a Murderer? Was that a Netflix original? That was good. That was, that good. was I got good. two episodes into that and dumped that one. I couldn't, I didn't like Making a Murderer. Tybus, real quick before we do final takes, what's your favorite Netflix Is this identical show? to your list, Tybus? I never watched. <laughs> I ain't never watched nothing on there. I've never heard. The only one I've ever even heard of was Stranger Things. Uh-huh. All of that, never even heard of. I have a 19-year-old niece, and that looks like what would the algorithm would show her based on the stuff she's watched <laughs> so, before. Yeah, like, it would show yeah. those five shows, just so you know. You, you guys should meet, actually. She's nice. <laughs> so, you guys have the same interests, Play obviously. matchmaker. Play matchmaker. You yeah. can Netflix and chill, right? Yeah. yeah. Final takes, guys. <laughs> He's trying to move on. Sorry. Tyvis, you're up first. I'm up first. But you got to wait. Like, play it. Yeah, here we go. There it is. I got to think of one. Boom. All right, my final take today is coming in hot. I've been thinking about it, you know. I've been sitting there weighing about this brown season and – I really believe that the Browns, whether they get a quarterback or a run with Jacoby Brissett, I do believe that this team will still make the playoffs. And it sounds crazy, but I'm going to tell you why. Nothing brings a team together more than adversity. And I think the way that Deshaun Watson has come into this organization and has brought an energy and a spark to this team, I think that they want to honor him if he's not there. They want to be like, bro, we're going to play our hearts out for you because you are our brother now. We love you and we care about you. So I think they're going to play above what they usually do, and they're going to find a way to get things done. I think ultimately they're going to make the playoffs and have a, a season that Cleveland can respect. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
Nice. Hopefully so. He wants to go. Go ahead, Jason. All right. I stole a little bit of my thunder already with, with my final take, uh, talking about the Guardians. This is, this is appreciation and a question. I've heard from a lot of people after the name change. I'll never watch another game. I'm out. They lost me forever. And listen, I didn't like the name change either, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. I thought I, I wasn't totally on board with it at first. It took me some time to come around to on it. And ultimately, I landed on, listen, if it offends people, it's really not worth it. It's just a name. What difference does it make? It doesn't matter what you call them. So I'm really curious for people who uh, in January said that they were out and they'll never watch another game and they'll never support this team. Where are you now? Are you really not watching a first place team because of what it says across the front of their jersey? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's a little nonsensical. And, and I, I truly want to hear from people. If you, or if you are still out or if you've come around, find me on Twitter. Uh, at uh, by Jason Lloyd, email me at the athletic J Lloyd at the athletic.com. I want to know if you've come around, if you've softened on the name change or, and, and if you can appreciate what this organization has accomplished playing these kids, being a first place team with 50 games to go, or if you are still hell bent and adamant on, I will never watch another game because of the name change. I, I really want to know. The cancel culture loves to cancel things. They don't like I've found in the past. Um, people who complain about cancel culture are just like, you're canceled. I'm not going to watch your amazing baseball team anymore. <laughs> I don't like the name. So here's my, here's my thing, guys. I feel like we're overlooking certain aspects of the Browns and their team because we get hung up so much on the negativity right now. Deshaun Watson, that's all anybody can talk about. And then you have your high-profile players that get all the credit. We have a 53-man roster. Is it 53? Yes. Good, yes. thank you. 53-man roster. That's 52 players that aren't getting enough attention and love right now. Good players man. that don't have. Players that don't, Kent State. Players that don't have all this terrible stuff hanging over their heads who are just going in and doing their jobs and doing them right. And that's why I want to focus on a couple of players, just one player in this segment, to say thank you to someone who doesn't get enough credit because we don't talk about them in, in, enough. And today I'm, I'm picking our long snapper. Do you guys know his name? Ryan, uh, I was gonna say Pomprian, but he's Smith. old, he's old. No, it's not John Smith, it's not Pomprian. His name is Charlie Hewitt. Oh, I knew that. He's, he's the highest paid in the league, isn't he? He is, absolutely, he's the, he signed a contract. There he is, guys, there's your boy. Ironically, we, you don't know his name, even though he is the longest tenured Cleveland Brown on this team. <laughs> He signed a six-year contract extension in 2017, and that was when he became the highest-paid long snapper in the league. He also looks like he could be like a, a weird cousin of mine from Medina, by the way. <laughs> Regardless, Charlie Hewitt has been nothing but excellent in six... Would you keep the track going? What are we doing? I lost my amp. Thank you very much. I'm trying to say thanks to Charlie, my boy. Charlie has been nothing but excellent, and the reason that we don't know his name is because he's so good at what he does. You don't want to know your long snapper's name. It means he's screwed up. Has he gotten into the Pro Bowl? I don't know. It didn't say on his Wikipedia page, but I don't think he has. I feel like that's something he would have updated and put on his Wikipedia page. But he deserves it because you don't hear any complaints. He got that contract six years ago. At the time, he was the highest paid. He's now the fifth highest paid because of, you know, inflation and everything like that. But at the time, he was number one. He is, there he is again. Check him out, everybody. He went to, I just did a little research. Let's get to know him. I, he went to Central Florida. Go Knights. He was a walk-on for the Dallas Cowboys, and then he played for six other teams until he landed here with us. It, did you just fade us together? Oh, that's it's unwholesome in a way. It is kind of like looking into a long-snapping mirror. Anyways, I'll, let, 
last thing, he has actually been absolutely perfect so far for the Browns and has 20 solo tackles on special teams. I salute you, Charlie. Thank you for your service, sir. Twenty tackles on special teams is impressive. That's pretty good, right? That's very impressive. That's a lot of tackles. Yes. Think about that. He has been here for like eight years. Sometimes. Two and a half tackles a year. Yes. It also probably just says that our special teams is such trash that our long snapper has to tackle people all the time. But uh, the long snapper is something usually is untouched. He's unblocked. So you're so snaps. much better as a disembodied voice than you are if we can see you. The voice some, of God. Some people who just tuned in are like, "Can everyone else hear that? Is Am that I going God crazy? talking on the set?" <laughs> All right. So here's my final take. It's tough to follow Polk in a final take. Yeah, you. Don't That's why I went that. first. It is very tough. So I'm gonna change mine and just wing this off the top. No pun intended. When I moved to new cities, one of the things I always look to do is find my favorite food which is chicken wings. Mm -hmm. And I've been on a quest in my five months in Cleveland to find the best chicken wings possible. Mm -hmm. And I think I may have stumbled across them this past Saturday at Good Company. You guys been to Good Company? Excellent. Phenomenal. They brine them for 48 hours. Yes. Then they let them sit in a marinade for 24 hours. So it's a 72-hour process, Mm -hmm. lightly fried, and it was almost a magical wing experience. They fall off the bone like barbecue. They're excellent wings. They were delectable. Mm-hmm. Some of the best I've ever had in my entire life. And I need more of them. Is this kind of shilling? Is this legal for you to just be pushing? A- well, listen, I'll tell you why I'm pushing. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I need to know. I'm, I've only been here for five months. I do not know all the great food spots in Cleveland. So I need you, the people, the vans, the audience of UCSS, to send me your best wing locations. Help me on this wing journey to find the single best chicken wing in all of Cleveland. Hell, Ohio. I'll go on a journey for a great chicken wing. Yeah. I've done it before. So, at the moment, good company, number one on my list of chicken wings in the greater Cleveland area. But I know there are other great establishments out there that I need to try their chicken wings. So, please, tweet at me, at MikeLucasTV. Tweet at UCSS. Email us. Tweet at Mike Polk, Jason, or Tyvis. I'm going to ask you guys after the show for ring, ring sure, recommendations. Absolutely. But should, I need to find the best wing in Cleveland, and I need your help. You should and I document, will not stop. document this journey, too. I will document, and I will not stop till I find it. And that mm-hmm. is my promise to every single one of you out there. Go to it's Open Pit. Go get you some of that. <laughs> That's the first <laughs> recommendation. I hope to have 100 by the end of the day. Open Pit of Kims, man. <laughs> yeah. Let's Take a wing spot real quick. I, you know what? It's too complicated. I, it, we don't have enough time. I, it, there's, it's, it depends on my mood. It's like, what's your favorite song? I don't know. Am I sad? You know, I, I, that's how I feel about chicken wings. We'll, we'll have a whole conversation about it, but I can help you out. I can. I'm a West Sider, so there is – I actually haven't even had these, but we were talking about them last night. There's a place in Avon, ZZ's, little dive bar. Hmm. Legendary, legendary chicken wings. Oh, wow. But I've weekend. never had them. ZZ's. I, I haven't heard of that. That's crazy. Yeah. That's great. I'll try that. All right, well, that's our show. We survived without JG – and both. Yep, that's right. None of the grown ups were here, and we're still standing. Didn't crash the car, didn't nope. drive over a cliff. Mm-hmm. Bull's back tomorrow. I can only imagine the hot takes he has boiled up he on is his so amped seven up. day vacation. So amped up. We also have to call Jackson. And how about this? Aditi and Chris Rose at Together. once from Jacksonville. It's a big cool. show. That's big nice. show tomorrow. Mm. Any final words? No, believe in yourselves. Tyvis? Go Browns. <laughs> Go Browns, we're on a 22-hour break. We will see you guys tomorrow. Anthony, Steve, great job. Bye, guys. There he is. Where am I?
Separated at birth. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.